0: makers, welcome to another episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Morillo and I have another great guest lined up for you today. But before we go there and enjoy a deep conversation together, I want to remind you why we're here. Because this podcast, it's about change and transformation, but not just any old change. We believe in change for good, which lies at the intersection of three things, purpose, impact and prosperity. We want to encourage you to think a little wider about your own life from your personal and professional development to also ask the question, how can I make a meaningful difference with my life? It's time for us to find a way to live in resonance with each other and all living things. And at Sacred Changemakers, we're here to help, to build the foundations of a more equitable, loving and resonant world. So come with us as we go on a journey behind the scenes with people who are making a real difference in our world. Sometimes we're gonna be interviewing change makers, and sometimes we'll be leading deep dive conversations, tackling the challenging issues of our times. But first, a word to our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Coaches Business School, the world's leading business training for coaches and consultants, helping them to succeed in business so they can make a meaningful difference in our world. Go to coachesbusinessschool.com to get the tools, strategies, and frameworks you need to enjoy growing your business in a way that is profitable, predictable, and purpose-driven. A big shout out to all our coaches because without them, this wouldn't be possible. Okay, so our guest on the podcast this week is Tama Keeves, an honors graduate of Harvard Law School who left her corporate law practice to write and help others unlock their most extraordinary potential. She is the best selling author of numerous books, and her latest is Thriving Through Uncertainty. Featured in USA Today and on Oprah Radio, she's a sought-after speaker and visionary career and success mindset coach who has helped thousands worldwide to discover and thrive in the life, calling, and businesses of their dreams. Now, the title we've chosen for our conversation today is also Thriving Through Uncertainty, a topic on so many people's minds today. So let me welcome Tama. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, I'm excited to talk to you, Tamara. I know we don't know each other very well, but I'm really looking forward to getting to know more about you and your work. But first, right, I've shared your professional bio, and I'd really love to dig a little deeper to the human behind the bio. Can you tell me a little bit about her? Who is she?
1: (laughs) (laughs) How long do you have? (laughs) my favorite topic, me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess, I guess, you know, so much of it is uh, so much of it is the, the work that I do is related to who I am and the challenges I've gone through and the struggles I've gone through. And, you know, to lead other extraordinary souls into the work that they're meant to do into the life that they're meant to live. It all comes from my own, you know, struggle and craziness and, and difficulties that I went through, you know, of you, you mentioned my bio of having gone to Harvard Law School, you know, uh, like so many people, I knew early on what I wanted to do, what I dreamed of doing, but it, you know, it was it was shot down. I grew up in a practical family. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, to an Orthodox Jewish family, and you know, I was told, "You're gonna write, you're gonna starve," because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to write. <laughs> And so, you know, like many people, I just ignored my instincts, my desires, my dreams. And I did what was practical. And I went to Harvard Law School and graduated with honors. And I was on partnership track in a major law firm. And I know many people can relate to this where I just felt so empty. So like, you know, you're in the middle of what everybody tells you is success And you're thinking, is this all there is? There's got to be something else. And And I kept remembering that dream that I wanted to write, but it just seemed so crazy and ridiculous. And thank God a friend at the time just said, you know, think about it. If you've been this successful doing something you don't love, what could you do with what you love? And that, You know, that sounded logical. That didn't sound crazy, right? And so that began my entire journey. I just decided I wanted to know what would happen if I followed what I loved instead of what you're supposed to do, what everybody tells you to do. And so that's how I started this whole work. I left my law firm and uh, decided to listen and the rest is on my books. So That's that's a good intro, I guess. (laughs) How far do you want to go with this?
0: Well, you know, so I was was listening to you then, and gosh, what a great friend. I love that question, right? Because as coaches, you know, I I just love really great questions that kind of cut through to the heart of the matter. And that, you know, if you've been this successful doing what you don't love, how successful are you going to be doing what you do? Like that is just such a genius question. but it is and I want to take you to that moment because it's so easy to say oh you know like the rest is history Mm -hmm. but so many of us get trapped there don't we we get trapped in the the law schools the medical schools the professions that maybe our families of origin our parents think we should have like how
1: did you escape (laughs) 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 um You know, many of my clients will ask that and they'll always say, Oh my God, Tama, but I don't have your courage. I couldn't be that courageous. And to be honest with you, for me, it wasn't courage. It was desperation. It was just, there was so much pain because Many people know this. It's like, you know, you know, like I had originally thought, well, you know, maybe I'll practice law and I can do my dreams on the side, you know, or just Mm -hmm. something like that. But, you know, many of us in in those kinds of professions know that it's a 24 seven path and it's drive and you have to be the best and you always have to keep going and and it was just terrifying you know to feel like something's wrong with me something's not working here you know no matter what i buy no matter what people tell me is successful you know it's I, i'm still not okay and i really did believe it was me i didn't believe that you know oh i'm in the wrong career path i just thought god you're broken something's wrong with you and and to be honest uh, i remember you know, you say go back to that moment. It's a it's a moment emblazoned in me of because I remember at one point just being so freaked out in my in my work and just feeling more and more depressed and terrifyingly enough not being able to concentrate. And I'd always been able to willpower through anything, and I wasn't able to concentrate. And I remember friends just said, you know, go away, get on a vacation, just get the hell away, take some time and. I remember just sitting um, by a beach in Northern California and I was just watching these waves and I was eating some bagel, you know, and I remember thinking, this is the happiest I've been in years. And, you know, this, this ocean is free and this bagel was like 50 cents, you know, and it's like, <laughs> I may, maybe I don't need a gazillion dollars. Maybe they're wrong. Maybe success is something else. And so that was a moment where I just realized, I need this feeling. I need to feel like me again. I cannot live my life anymore, not being me. And that doesn't mean by the way that the second you get this clarity, it's just, oh, it's so easeful and joyous. And then I followed my bliss. <laughs> that is not, you know, it's terrifying. It's terrifying, uh, but, you right. know, and that's why, that's why I do the work that I do. And I'm sure you do the work you do. And many coaches do the work they do is that for me, it wasn't so much a career change or a life change as much as it was a change of how I thought and how I think and the beliefs I told myself. And so, um, yeah, it was, uh, That's that was that moment. Mm.
0: And I love how you've just kind of so easily kind of gone through like what happened in that moment. And then you just kind of said, you know, like maybe success is something else. <laughs> Yes, that's really profound to me, because, you know, for many, for many people, they never even get to that point where they even question what society mm. is telling us success should be. So I love the fact that you got there. And what I want to ask you now is what have you learned about success since then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that.
1: <laughs> um. You know, one of the things that I always say, you know, because by the way, it doesn't change, right? Like just, you know, I'm in the life of my dreams. I'm doing my calling 24 seven now. And that doesn't mean I still don't have those fears or those old hauntings, those old Mm. beliefs that say. Well, yeah, but you could have made a bazillion dollars, you know, it wouldn't have killed you to have done that first. And, you know, so I have that, you know, I have that belief system. And every time I go back to New York, and my family is happy to remind me. um, But But one of the things that I will always remind myself, because it's absolutely true in my bones for me, is that for me, success means I am doing the right thing with my time on earth. I am Mm -hmm. doing the right thing with my time on earth. I do not doubt that. You know, that having written my books, it has been the most meaningful thing I've ever done in my life. Having readers from all over the world, you know, write to me and say, oh, my God, I'm crying as I read this. And I'm like, I'm crying as I read your email. (laughs) realizing that I'm not alone in this that there are many of us who have a soul calling who have something that is haunting them that is Mm -hmm. driving them and you may or may not even know what it is like you know uh, I sort of knew that maybe it was writing but you know I didn't even know that you know it was coaching it was speaking it was leading I had no idea it was any of these things and that's the thing about a calling is is that it takes you on this journey but I think the thing I would say to most people is your pain, the pain that you're feeling, the exhaustion, the questions—they're holy. They're so holy because you're the the exhaustion is coming and the pain is coming from denying your soul, denying your heart, denying your essence. You know there's something else. And by the way, that doesn't mean everybody has to leave a job. Many many of my clients find it within their careers, you know, or or just a shift within it. But uh, because success I believe when you ask, like, you know, how do you know what real success is? It's that, you know, success is doing the right thing with my time on earth. And it's the sense of peace. It doesn't mean that everything is easy now or all together now, but there's no struggle in my soul anymore. You know, that part's done. And, you know, I always tell my partner when I'm on a plane, you know, going off to give a speaking engagement or something, I'll always say, you know, God forbid this plane goes down, God forbid it went down, you need to know. I'm fine. I'm so fine. I'm doing what I'm meant to do here. So that's what I want for everybody because I believe the world is calling for this now. We all have gifts. We all have talents. We all have amazing faculties and success is not just, you know, getting by or buying the next thing. It's giving our talents and our genius and our love and our expression. And it's discovering who we really are because we are all so much more than we think we are. And it's an amazing journey. I'm just
0: sat here at this end, just like smiling
1: as you're talking, (laughs) because I'm like,
0: oh my gosh, I love the passion and the energy that you're bringing to this conversation, Tamara, because in some ways, it's really unique to find someone who's actually living fully and wholly, and I would say completely, you know, into their, their dreams, really. And I love how you say doing the right thing with my time on earth. And then it kind of takes me to this place of, okay, so like for me, you know, I could say this, a similar thing. I feel like I am living into my dreams, but I have, I know I have so many clients. And so I'm assuming some people that are listening to this as well might have this question, which is, you know, how do we know? if we're doing the right thing mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. how does that show up that is it a feeling is it like a checkbox like how do you know because because you see yes. I could even hear it when I said that then I didn't just say how do you know I said how do you know
1: mm. <laughs> at a deep level because for me, know, there's, know, a, know. there's a depth there isn't there yes and you know <laughs> and, and again just for people listening you know of for me uh, i you know like i always say when you say like oh my god i love listening to your passion or whatever and i always want to say yes and if you knew how crazy and neurotic i am and i can still do this it is, it is hope for the world it is hope for mankind there will be peace in the Middle East, i assure you you know because Because if this mind, if this mind could find a way and a trajectory to be peaceful and joyous and free, anything is possible. So I just want to tell people that. Um, But, um, you know, how do you know? So I guess what I was going to say is, first of all, I would be lying if I didn't say there are many, many times when I'm doing it that I'm thinking, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? And for me, it's never that the calling is so questionable, but I start questioning myself. Am I doing it right? Maybe I should have done this. Other other people are smarter and they know how to do that. Or why is it taking so long? Or, you know, when I was writing my mm-hmm. first book, for instance, you know, it, it took me 12 years to write my first book, This Time I Dance, Creating the Work You Love. And when I was writing that, you know, I have journals filled with, is this right? Is this not right? right. So. So I guess the first thing I want people to know is that even those of us who absolutely know will waver because fear comes in and we're human. And when fear takes over your mind and clouds your mind and makes you think that something's not possible, then you start doubting everything. But that's just fear. That's just, you know, again, that's that mindset training thing that, you know, many of us coaches work with. Um, but, but to the people that say, yeah, but I have no idea what I want. That's fine, mm-hmm. but you at least knew you wanted to write, you know, or whatever, right? And so, because yeah. I hear that a lot from my clients. And I guess what I will tell you, and especially this is so hard for so many of us who are linear and control freaks, (laughs) just a little bit of control freakiness that we want, we want the plan, we want the, you know, the peak performance schedule for it. We want everything. Right. Right. And, and here is, this is an inspired journey of listening to your genius. And your genius does not conform to your narrow little mind that's demanding and pacing and saying it has to look like this, it has to make this much, I have I have to do it within one year, I have to, you know, it it really requires that we become open to truly listening to whatever our heart is saying. And for many of us, this is I call it like following the breadcrumbs and. You know, like one thing will lead to another, will lead to another, will lead to another. And sometimes your first step isn't even that you know what you want, as much as that you know that you need to rest, that you need to just take a break. You know, I I um, I have a chapter in my new book, Thriving Through Uncertainty, that says it takes an intermission to find a mission, right? And so so many of us who are passionate and alpha types, we want to get on it, make it happen, right? Right. And this is a path so much about undoing, undoing old beliefs, undoing old hurts, old, undoing who you think you are and what you think you can have. Because many of us have shut down to our real dreams, to, our, to listening to our hearts. So for some of us, you know, that first step might be, I don't know what I want, but, you know, I just want to walk on the beach you know, or I just wanna, I don't know why I feel like calling my sister. It really is this like intuitive moment by moment journey. It's a very different trajectory and, and track. And, and that's why it's also amazing. Yeah.
0: Oh, we need to talk about this because I love the direction you've taken this in. So I'm gonna come clean and tell you that um I stepped into a deeper purpose a couple of years ago now, actually just before the pandemic uh, and the lockdown hit. And um, so it was so interesting. And looking back over the past few years and my journey through this, it's almost like I feel I'm going a little bit mad. <laughs> so I definitely want to talk to you about this, timer because so in the early days, I had this deep soul calling. I'd actually channeled a message and I was really clear that this was my purpose in the world. This was my life's purpose. It did, This message didn't belong to me. I was going to share it with the world. And that's what I did. But then I kind of got on this single track of like I don't know whether I was kind of pulled into the business space or the capitalist economy or what it was, but then I started like almost working every hour that God sent, right. Trying to get this, this business off the ground, right. And this Mm -hmm. calling and all the assets that I needed to, to make that happen to the extent that I, I would say I, negated myself, let's put mm-hmm. it that way. And I hadn't even realized I'd done it, Tamar. And this is after mm-hmm. decades of personal growth and mm-hmm. stuff, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And the more I've gone into the more I've lived through this, the more I realized that by having a let's call it a future purpose, if you like, a long-term mm-hmm. vision, mm-hmm. Yes. the more it took me away from every day. Mm. And and as I've grown, I've opened and I've unfolded kind of and I've allowed the vision more than ever to emerge through me instead of Jane deciding what she's going to do with this thing, right? Yes. And as I do this and I've been practicing this and I will say that very intentionally because it feels like a practice now for maybe around a year. But what I'm learning through this process is it's more about letting go. It's more about following than it is leading. It's Mm -hmm. more about surrendering and just being with every moment of my life, being mm-hmm. here for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and I am staggered the amount of moments I am not here for. <laughs> but <laughs> right? you- you, Do you see what I
1: mean does yes. this make sense to you because oh, that sounds like what yes. you're talking about it is exactly <laughs> I am here for the mad people <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> no, no. Um, what you described is exactly is exactly the process or part of the process and again everybody's got their own LP yeah. and their own individualized journey so people listening are thinking oh yeah I'm not up for that thanks of you yeah. know you don't know we're all different but exactly what you described is exactly um a corollary of what i went through or parallel Mm -hmm. you know of just you know um because what happens is we think our brains think oh got it calling got it sacred purpose yes Yes. put it into the world okay (laughs) thanks i'll handle it now yes exactly (laughs) i'll get on google i'll do the research i'll get the venture capitalist i'll yeah i'm good yeah 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 Um, yeah you know and what we don't realize, I'll just speak for myself, you know, what I didn't realize in all of this, I keep coming back to, it's a spiritual journey. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. for me, it led me to studying and teaching A Course in Miracles, which is a spiritual path of living in love instead of fear. And, uh, you know, in a billion years, that is not what I would have thought ever. I would be doing part of what I would be doing with my life. But what happens is, This is a journey of coherence. This is a journey that is not just a a sexy little, oh, I'm living my life purpose, check the box. You know, aren't I cool? I can wear the yoga clothes now. You know, it's this is not that. This is truly like when we answer that sacred call, when we answer our heart and we say, yes, I want whatever this is. I want this magic, whatever this sweetness is. This is what I want. For me, It made me change internally because Mm. the same drive and ambition and fierceness that got me a certain level of success, what I'll call linear success, you know, uh, the right education, the right job, the right money, the right da da da, is not the same thing as inspired success, Mm. which comes from being moved, which comes from being. I always tell people get out of your head and be led right? Get out of your head and be led, right? We're trying, to, we're trying to figure it all out instead of letting it out. And what I want people yeah. to know, there's already a path inside you. There's already a path in each of us. And it is about listening and receiving. And to your point, we only receive it in the moment. We yeah. do not receive it in the future. You know, my my spirit apparently doesn't give a darn about my five year plan. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's not even giving me the five minute plan at this point. Right. <laughs> uh, but but for myself, it it required that I heal. It required that I start shifting the way I treated myself. You know, like I, I knew how to succeed, through drive and force and get up there and make it happen. And, and to write and to teach and to coach and to do everything I truly am here to do. It, the magic doesn't happen that way. Mm. You know, you can't have an inspired life and an inspired genius through force through scheduling, through making it happen. For me, I've had to learn kindness and, you know, self repair and self-regard and, and and loving myself and trusting in something more alive and bigger than my little tiny brain. And that's not easy, you know, that's not easy at all. Or, or you know, I always tell people, you know, I'm, I'm an attorney and I was trained, I'm trained, To look for the liabilities. I am trained to look for everything that could possibly go wrong, which is really not conducive to trusting an inspired life, I gotta tell you. Um, But my own healing has been learning to switch off that training. And to focus on what is going right, what is moving me, what is calling me, what's, what's feeling good, who do I need to show up as now, how can I bring love into this situation, whether, whether or not I'm getting results the way my mind thinks. And so again, it's just exactly what you said, it's this whole retraining, because to live this inspired life, I believe we have to become different people. We are becoming inspired souls. I have to come into every workshop, into everything I do, feeling at peace or in love with myself or my life, whether or not somebody likes me, whether or not they get it. I need to get it. You know, all my success in the past was if you like me, I like me. You know, if you buy me, I buy me, you know, and my own healing is having to learn how to, I will serve this mission. I will serve this work. I will, you know, if I, I will die trying. I mean, when I first started, I had no idea that any of this would work. You know, I didn't have outside income. I didn't have a book contract. I didn't have anybody saying, yeah, this is a great idea. Uh, But it was, but to your point about following the moment in each moment, as, as afraid as I was, there would be moments that felt like, yeah, but this is right. This feels right. For this, I came. I would be writing, and I would I would hit something in my writing that I thought, oh my god, they need to know this, you know, because I need to know this, you know, mm-hmm. and so um, and I think that's what, I, tu- I truly believe that's what the world's up to now. The old systems are falling apart. The old ways are falling apart because each of us has this extraordinary journey in us and these extraordinary powers. And this is the time to access them. Mm-hmm. And it seems to
0: me we can't do this unless we can navigate uncertainty. And of course, our title is not just navigating uncertainty, but thriving Mm -hmm. through uncertainty. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Um, I, I first started it because you know like all my books I write what I need <laughs> so it's <was> like okay <laughs> um, struggling through uncertainty isn't working too well <laughs> hating everyone and every and everybody isn't working too well uh, being terrified and eating too much chocolate isn't work. How about thriving through uncertainty? <laughs> so let's try that but I guess I guess what I wanted, people to know, Um, and what I was really encountering for myself was that I have thrived through uncertainty because when everything wasn't working the way I knew how to work it, you know, when I couldn't use my fierce little brain and my sexy little willpower and I couldn't make it, you know, nothing was performing the way I wanted i became available to something else and so it's almost like when you, when your plans fail when things aren't happening when you're when you're truly in an uncertainty that's the moment you become awake that's the moment you become available you can become available to something else it's a choice point and the choice point i will always ask people are is are you going to choose from love or are you gonna choose from fear? Are you gonna choose from your strength? You're gonna choose from your weakness. Are you gonna choose something inspired or are you gonna choose from being tired, right? And so again, easy, sexy things to say, but, but for me, when I really can't find my way externally in the normal ways that I know how, that's when I became available to saying, Well, I hope there's something else. (laughs) You really do. I hope all these self-help books are right. (laughs) I hope the hell that one of these things is right because I could use a miracle right about now. And for me, it was just when, when you are in uncertainty, there will be the fear and the challenges or whatever, but there can also be the moment, that exquisite moment when you let go of your insistence of how things should be but I should be further ahead and this shouldn't be happening and the industry shouldn't be blah, blah, blah. And I open up to listening to my heart, my soul, my God, my guidance, whatever you call it, where I meet it for the first time. Or maybe, you know, for me, I had no interest in spirituality whatsoever. I made fun of those people. I still do, even though I am one of those people. <laughs> of, of, But when everything was falling apart, it's amazing how you become available right? And you become available to other instincts in a larger journey. And so thriving through uncertainty for me is about using that uncertainty as that launch pad of, I'm going to do this differently. And I'm going to open up to this sacred path. And the other part of it for me is it's about showing up no matter what. You know, so mm-hmm. when I, when I was writing Thriving Through Uncertainty, before uh, when I first started writing it, and it's my fourth book, and um, in all honesty, I you know like I was depressed in the beginning. I was just feeling kind of. Um, uh, you know, should I even write another book? Is it going to be hard to sell? And, you know, the industry is blah, blah, blah. And then you have to market it and people have money who can market it better. And I mean, like I just had all these, you know these really inspiring thoughts going on. Um, and I was, I, I got more and more shut down and more and more depressed. And if you would have talked to me, I would have told you it's because the world's not fair, and it's because of this and I didn't have that. And, you know, all of these different things. But what was really going on is that I was shut down or I was depressed because I wasn't writing. And writing for me is one of my ways of connecting, It's one of my ways of feeling something else. And so, you know, we don't show up in our lives. We don't show up, you know, with our vision or dream or taking a stand because we think, well, it's going to be too hard. Nobody's going to go for it. And there's not funding for this and blah, 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 which is exactly what I was doing. But when I finally started writing the book and just writing because I needed to write, all of a sudden, everything else came to me like, oh, what the heck was that worried about? Oh my God, (laughs) you know, like I got that power soaring through me now. I'm not worried about anything, right? And so that's, that's, I guess, what I would want people to know in uncertainty is that we use uncertainty to paralyze us sometimes. Mm -hmm. And what I would want you to think about is show up for something you love, anything you love. Because if you do that, it will give you energy, it will give you clarity, it will change your brain chemistry and you will know a next step.
0: Mm. I love that because it's so aligned to what we talk about as sacred change makers. And one of the things we talk about is wake up, grow up, show up, which is not mm. ours and I'm not gonna own it because it's in so it's embedded in so many spiritual traditions as the path to like enlightenment but it feels so of these times to me. And, and you're speaking directly to that on an individual basis, like it's our responsibility to take that path in a way. And I actually would go that far to say in these times we're living through right now, I do believe it's each, each of us have a calling in this space. Now, I'd love to get a sense of what you feel is going on in the world now, uh, because you kind of hinted at it, Tara, that, you know, this is this is a time for us to kind of, I don't know, listen more deeply and follow our our souls, our callings. Into a maybe a different way of being, and I know I'm putting words in your your mouth here potentially.
1: But, but you're doing well. I, <laughs> I like I'd the love, words. I <laughs> love. Well, I just
0: love to get a sense of because there's so much discussion about yes. the world today. There's so much discussion about the amount of change, the amount of uncertainty. And, you know, we can either, we can choose what we listen to. We listen to the doom and the gloom, and we're not going to survive as humanity, you know, with climate change and everything, or that we are going to make it and we are going to be okay. I just wondered, like,
1: Mm. what
0: are you choosing here? Like, what's your sense of it? Yes.
1: The thing that rocks my world, the thing that keeps me going and focused, the reason I do my work in this world Mm. is because I am so excited by the capacities in the human spirit, I am so moved by what is possible, by the dreams that people have, the intelligence people have, the talents we have yet to awaken to. You know, I speak to many people who are like me, who may have been successful in the world and are now and now thinking about a higher success, a different success. Uh, you know what we're talking about, and. I'm excited by the leaders that can change this world. So I think that, you know, to your point about what's going on, I think all the rumblings that are happening, the the unbelievable amount of change is forcing more of us into the certainty that we do have access to. And the certainty that we do have access to is the certainty of our mindset, using our minds in a constructive way rather than a destructive way. You know, when, when, um, when that question, when my friend asked me that question that began, you know, my whole life, if you're this successful doing something you don't even love, what could you do with what you love? It was the first time I started thinking, what if my inner voice is actually constructive? rather than destructive. Like what if I'm squelching the things that are gonna save me? What if I'm pushing down that which I'm meant to have rise up? So I think part of what's going on is more and more people are getting disillusioned with the way that work has been, with the way that organizations have been. And when we get disillusioned enough, many of us will say, hey, I think I'm meant to. I, I think I'm meant to do something different here. I think I'm meant to be a voice in this conversation. And to your point about responsibility, I absolutely believe it's a responsibility. You know, I have so many clients who will say to me, "But you know, but Tama, you know, how can I just do what I love? You know, I like to garden, you know, like, how can I just do what I love? The world is having, you know, hardship there. People are starving. And is it okay for me to take time out now and just, you know, diddle around and do what I love? And it's like, again, I will come back to, it is a responsibility. It's a sacred responsibility because each of us, I believe, is here to heal is here to, when I become more empowered, when I become more self-loving and listening and following, I'm going to serve this world in a whole different way. Because the reason we have the systems we have, and maybe the reasons that things have been challenging or wrong or not working, is because so many of us are coming from fear. And, and when I say fear, many times we think, we're being practical, we're being reasonable. That's just the way it is. That's how you have to do things. But we are awakening to a different level of intelligence, a different level of ability. And it's about not listening to that level of practicality and instead listening to the practicality of, um, there's a drive in me. I don't know why I have energy for this and not for that. Maybe I should follow that. Maybe there's a reason I'm called to this, not to that and again it really is the courage to start listening to our own minds and our own hearts and to learn that there is something co-creative there is something inspired in each of us that's available to each of us and that we have to find our own standards you know like I you know in this time I dance uh, my first book I I have um a chapter that says it's never stepped down to step ahead. It's never stepped down to step ahead. And what I mean by that is I downsized my life. I completely you know, decreased all my expenses at one point because I wanted freedom more than I wanted anything else. And my ego, of course, was like, oh my God, my Harvard alumni, you know, you get the you get the magazines and they're they're buying palaces now and owning countries, and you know, and I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm, you know, who am I? But again, we're coming up with new standards of success, new standards of responsibility, new standards of well-being. And those of us who are doing this at that at this time, this courage, I believe, will save our world, will save generations um and will will bring about a greater capacity i mean the one thing that excites me i mean i can get so hopeless when i'm in my linear mind and i think well how could this work or how and i'm so self obsessed i'm not even worried about the world i'm just worried about my wednesday you know you know like how can it work for me how can i do this you know like never mind the climate change what about you know what about you know like my climate change here of um, you know and so I can get very hopeless very fast you know listening to that mind but the one thing that blows me away you know we talked about being present before is that you know my brain will fight that and will think that that's crazy but when I have gotten present and when I have gotten available it's like exponential success happens. Things fold in, things work, like things that shouldn't work, work. I mean, you know, I, I got my first book, you know, I, I got my first book, So I self-published it, and then it got found, discovered by the publisher of my dreams, like a Cinderella story. They published the exact writing. They never cha- changed anything. They didn't edit anything, which doesn't happen in traditional publishing. And again, it was just like exponential, like things you couldn't plan, things you couldn't make happen. It was just such a bizarre way. And that's, I guess that's what I hang on to is I can't see the way, but it's almost like um, Albert Einstein says, you can't solve the problem at the level of the problem, right? You'll, You'll never solve the problem at the level of the problem. You rise to a different consciousness. You rise to a different level of creativity, different access. And each of us has this potential, each of us has these answers, and I'm excited to see what happens with it.
0: And I want to ask you, because as I'm listening to you talk, and so much of what you're saying is resonating so much for me, but um, I hear um, like an assumption underneath what you're saying. So I kind of want to bring it to the surface and have a look at it, which is, I wonder if listening to you, you believe that the way, so I'm kind of putting words in your mouth <laughs> again, but the, the way to change the world is through the individual, because you, you, you're talking about like me, like I, in my life. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm viscerally aware of how much of an individualistic culture America has, let's Mm -hmm. just say, now don't get me wrong. I know Europe and I'm from England. We have that too, but not to the same level (laughs) that I've experienced here in my humble opinion. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I'm, and I'm often find myself talking about the, the kind of the journey from me to we, particularly Mm -hmm. for people like coaches or consultants or change makers, that we're the professionals that can help potentially usher in a different way of being for individuals or mm-hmm. a different way of doing business or you know different things that can we definitely need and could help in the world but i wonder what's your sense of that me and the we and that individualism versus the collective oh pain point major pain
1: point thank you jane go for it why don't you my whole life is asking me this question at this moment so thank you so much for no, making so me, welcome making me share it publicly Swim. yes thank you thank you um <laughs> you know, so I will. I will say it on uh, the first level, which you know, I, I can hear. I totally hear what you mean about um, yeah. uh, that. It can sound individualistic, um, but the first thing I will say is, it is. It is an individual responsibility to heal ourselves, right? Yeah. To to uh, and when I heal ourselves, it means we might have beliefs that are driving us. That you know, everything everything will fail in the end, you know, or you can't make money doing something you love, or I can't trust women or I can't trust men. I mean, look, we all have different right stories, beliefs, driving us. I cannot be available to a greater power, a greater energy, greater capacities. If these things are driving me, and I'm making smaller decisions in the world for myself and for everybody that I impact, right. Cause I'm impacting everybody. Right. And so, as I heal you know, there's a line in The Course of Miracles that says, As I, I, when I am healed, I am not healed alone. When I am healed, I am not healed alone, right? My waking up to my potential wakes everybody up to their potential, right? Um, and so, so there's that level where it can seem individualistic but I think it is this greater responsibility because I am serving an inner voice. And when I say an inner voice, it's not my small inner voice. It's a larger inner voice, and that larger inner voice, I believe, is connected to all of humanity and connected to everyone. You know, in my life, I would have just been happy just making it about me. I'm I'm very content to do that, but the universe (laughs) apparently has other plans always, (laughs) you know, and so... You know, I I did not realize I was going to be about serving humanity that wasn't like in my that wasn't in my chart, you know, like I thought I just want to save my life, but they're the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then to your point of, I believe that each of us are leaders and healers and teachers and. And so we can't but be, you know, uh, of service, right? And so it is going to require that we join and that we, you know, function with others. So I'm going through that personally where I'm really good at doing things on my own and being brilliant and, you know, working one, one with, but I, you know, I'm doing an organization now, you know, like really creating, you know, going from, you know, being a smaller, you know, business to all of a sudden creating more of an organization. It's hard. It's terrifying. This is scary. It's all about, you know, my, my team is talking to me about we, and I'm like, what, what (laughs) can't you just get this done? Can't you just make it go away? You know? And so, but it's part of my healing. It's the next level of my personal evolution, right? Uh, There's part of me that wants to run screaming from the, you know, from the building or whatever. And, but it's my healing to, it's bringing up my fear of trusting. It's bringing up my fear of losing control. It's bringing up, you know, but those are my next levels of healing. So for me, all of it is the spiritual path. All of it is this individual path. Even as I'm joining, I'm, I'm play, it's almost like being part of the orchestra, right? Like we're, yeah. we're all the orchestra, but I am playing my note. I am the steward of my note. And so that's how I look at that. Yeah.
0: And it's, it's kind of a sobering thought because, you know, so much of what you said there, I, I kind of, uh, I've, I'm living through too, I would say definitely. And uh, it's, it's an interesting journey.
1: <laughs> I'm fine. That's, I mean, that's, 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 that's one word. Really now you're definitely it's putting a, words in my mouth. It's <laughs> an interesting journey
0: because, you know, I realized I've worked in change, like professional change uh, through being a consultant and a coach and and having my own business since 96. I've, I've like worked all over the world with many brands that people would know with leadership teams and senior teams and C-level and all kinds of things. And yet I realized a few years ago that despite all of that change that I've done, it was all focused on the individual. Now, when I say the individual, I mean, it could be an individual person, an individual team, an individual, individual department, or even an individual organization, but it was all about I, me and mine. Mm-hmm. And I feel quite embarrassed to say that I can count on one hand, the amount of time I opened the conversation into the, what I would now think of as the we space mm-hmm. and asking questions like, for example, you know, what does the world need from you? Mm. now mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's my question mm. for you like what
1: because
0: mm. I feel you're already like on this track and I'm yes. like so what does the world need from you tana
1: this is vicious (laughs) you said this was going to be a casual (laughs) I'm afraid this is me if
0: we were having coffee in Starbucks this is the conversation I'm fine I'm fine in
1: Starbucks (laughs) I'll do you Starbucks any day but podcasting you know this is public (laughs) Um, what does the world need from me now I think it's this I think it's I think it's uh, um, me becoming more visible and me becoming uh, more fluid in this. And and again, I think it's uh, for me. It's about uh, becoming into a co-creation because yeah. I, was, I, you know, I hit a level in my work um, some a few years ago where I realized I've gone as far as I know how to go. I don't know how to get where I, you know, I don't know how to go to a next level. I just don't, you know. And my way, by the way, in business has never been, you know, hire the consultant, the expert, <laughs> uh, you know, just because. Um, not, I'm not disparaging any of that, but my way has always been an inspired path, and so I'm. I, so a lot of times, it, it you know. Um, that's what I write about a lot it's not about the checklist and here's the five things you need to do and here's the 10 things and this is what the experts say because for me it's it's really about discovering or uh making sure that it's an intuitive true way for me right and and I have enough ambition that I could easily go oh okay fine I'll I'll just do this but I feel like I'm not allowed to there's something in me that overrides that and so um And now, why am I telling you all this? (laughs) I got lost in that. But, anyways, (laughs) uh, we're back at Starbucks here. And so, um, you know, and so for me, oh, yeah. So for me, I hit this level of having gone as far as I knew how to go. And I think that's where I am at this moment is that I've opened up again. It's like a new rebirth again. And there will be many rebirths on this journey, right? And so it's me really opening up to that co creative venture again where my brain is desperate to fill in the blanks my brain is desperate to give you a sexy answer about oh here's what's next for me but the truth is i know it's evolving and i don't know and i think that very often that's again thriving through uncertainty when we're (laughs) in that place of i don't know that's making me available because at least for me this entire journey has made me discover aspects about myself that i didn't know i had or capacities that i didn't know i had again i go back to you know teaching spirituality or or teaching anything i had never in my mind you know consciously thought this is what i'm going to do with my life but when you hit that i don't know space and i'm available something calls you something speaks to you an invitation comes and and as we answer it, we discover the aptitude. You know, like many of us think, well, I have to have the certification first, and I have to know what I'm doing, and I have to. But it is for me, it's been in the answering of it that I grow into the aptitude and talent. Um, that said, I'm still going to say, especially for overachievers, it's not about answering any invitation. You know, if you're a certain level of success or aptitude or abilities, you know, lots of people are going to say, you should do X, or you could do that, or I'd love to see you do whatever. You're going to have lots of opportunities. I'm going to ask each of us, including myself, to to say yes to the opportunity that has already said yes to us inside, right? That there's going to be something, I don't care if you're good at it, I want to know what makes you great, right? I don't care what you're good at, but I'm so good at it. But it's like, what's your call to greatness? And I think, I think probably some of what that is in my life is going more into the media, uh, doing television, that kind of thing, which I have shied away from. And I have not necessarily, I've done some, but I have. And so I think more and more, that's where this is calling. Um, But I wanted to go back to one thing you said, Jane, because Um, you said that you had felt embarrassed about being in the me space and now you look Mm. back and, oh my God, I didn't do this and I didn't do that. So much of this journey, I believe, is about self-forgiveness. It's really about having this deep, deep compassion and mercy of you did it great. You did Mm. exactly what you needed to do and you couldn't possibly be the leader that you now are had you not gone down that path. You know and that many of us look back and think you know we even do it on personal level why did i date that person <laughs> you know, like why did i marry that person <laughs> what was i thinking <laughs> you know but again we're looking back from a higher level of evolution or consciousness and we're looking back at a, a self that was learning and so throughout all of this journey we are going to hit bumps and obstacles and challenges and we're gonna think we're doing it wrong and we're gonna be frustrated. And I have to keep reminding myself as I remind students and clients and you know retreatants that it, for me, it's really always about the problems and the challenges, the obstacles. It's not about the circumstances. It's about who am I becoming in these circumstances? Who am I becoming? Who are they asking me to become? And I believe by the way, that going back to what, what's happening in our world I think that's what's going on. The world is asking us to become something different now. The world is asking, you know, when I uh, wrote Thriving Through Uncertainty, I start with this passage that says something like, you may think you're failing or broken, but let's get this right, right. Let's get this straight right now. It's not about coping. It's about soaring. And we're learning how to soar instead of cope. We're learning how to go beyond what we've done before. And I think we're answering that invitation. Mm, That's just beautiful thank you Tama
0: because I'm noticing the time and I could talk to you all day and I mean that no word of a lie (laughs) but I'm noticing that we need to bring this to an end so if there's anything you wanted to get to anything you wanted to share with our listeners that we haven't got to any words of final words of wisdom that you might want to share
1: You know, I guess the the thing that I always tell people, first of all, you know, I'm always going to ask people, you know, connect to the people who inspire you, you know, of that. Of course, I want people connected with me in all the different ways. Um, But the thing that I will that I will say and, and again, the thing about connection and listening to a podcast like this is the more we support the way we believe, the more we support the way we believe, the more we hear these stories, the more we tell these stories, we are changing the way we think, we are changing the way we breathe, we are changing the choices we make. And so make the time to support yourself that way, get the support, whoever, however. Um, But I think the main thing I would want to tell people is your desires, they're not frivolous your desires the thing you you think about that you want that i want to travel or i want to sleep or i want to i want to make a difference in children's lives even though that's not my profession i want whatever it is those desires are not frivolous they are imperative they are your code they are the beginning of this journey that those desires that keep haunting you that keep coming back there's a reason they're there. There's a reason you have these dreams and these reasons, these dreams, they're going to call you on a path you could never have gone on any other way. You know, I always say the real dream has the power, nothing else. You know, you can't just co-create with the universe in your business, right? Like, I, cause I, I thought like, Oh, Hey, why don't I just co-create to make money? You know? And so again, it's always about listening to the true desire, the real dreams and creating the space to listen to them. And I'm so grateful for everybody who's listening to this, everybody who's daring to be something better, who's daring to question, who's daring to be alive. We are the change makers. We are the ones who are going to do this. And the world is depending on us and we're depending on ourselves. So I'm, I'm so grateful for all of you.
0: Oh, Tama. Thank you so much, my friend. Really, I so
1: enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the deep, dark, vicious question. (laughs) Thank you so much.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Before we go, I want to remind you that all the resources and links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. And you can certainly find Tama's website and her books there. A big thank you to our sponsors, Coaches Business School, who are helping us to make a direct impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. And if you're a coach wanting to grow your impact, you will need to understand how to build a business that works today. So check out Coaches Business School unique frameworks and methods to help you grow your business in a way that works for you and your clients and helps make a meaningful difference in our world. Hashtag transition team. It's time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs from you. Together, we can make a meaningful difference. Again, you can find us at sacredchangemakers.com and our sponsors at coachesbusinessschool.com. And if our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your intention and your efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.